Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hi. You know that movie you always wanted to see, but you didn't for whatever reason? Well, I call those black hole films. Everyone has them, and this podcast aims to do something about that. I'm Jeremy Lalonde, and every episode I'll be joined by one or more guests to watch a film that at least someone in that group hasn't seen. We'll talk about our expectations of it before it, and then our thoughts after it. This is episode 72, and if you've been a fan of the show for a while, please take a minute to rate and review it wherever it is you listen to it. It really does help spread the word and get eyeballs on the show. Today I'm joined by Kevin Cricks, the producer as credits on films like Closet Monster, Into the Forest, Zoom, High in a Road. I'm also joined by Eric Bazzari, a young filmmaker who, as well as making a bunch of shorts, also runs this thing called the Future of Film Showcase, which really, really helps put a spotlight on young filmmakers and emerging filmmakers. So check that out. And we all sit down and watch a film together. So we're sitting down to watch uh, The Incredibles. I'm Jeremy. I have seen this film quite a few times. Um, my name is Eric Bizzari. I have seen this film a number of times. My name is Kevin Cricks, and I have never seen this film. Which, but you've seen the sequel. I have seen the sequel, yeah. Also, Eric and I are <laughs> sitting here wearing the exact same Incredibles t-shirts. <laughs> which is hilarious. Which is, uh, and Kevin's wearing Star Wars, so we're representing well. <laughs> Yeah. I was debating what to wear uh, when I was coming over here, but I thought about it too much because I know that I'm not going to be seen. <laughs> and I opened my drawer, and the first thing there is my incredible shirt. Perfect. Then, ran out of the door. You got to wear it. Yeah. Uh, so, you, so you've seen the sequel, which yeah. came out recently, which was just like an. I was I was out with a friend. We wanted to see a movie. We went by the theater. It was like the the movie that was like the closest showtime to the time it was at at the time. So. Uh, I, I hadn't seen it, but he said it didn't really matter. And it was I, it didn't matter. I really enjoyed it. Mm. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, did he give you any kind of primer for what... Kind of. I mean, like, in the, in the smallest of ways. But, but the movie itself kind of has a little bit of history to it as well, right? Like, it gives you a bit of history. Yeah, yeah. the second one, spoiler for those who have not seen the second one, uh, picks up, like, 45 seconds after this one yeah. ends. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily spoil anything. Like, no. in, any, in, in some way, you're going to... I was saying this to you before Eric got here. You're almost going to get, like, two prequels to this movie by watching The, Incre- to the, the Incredibles 2 because the first one starts off further back and I, then comes back... Yeah. Well, that's a good that's a good point because you watching the second one, you're just getting what happened before. Yeah. Uh, um, I guess a uh, you know, a ten year, fourteen years beforehand. Yeah. So you know all the characters the except for the a villain, the villain sure. a handful of that the that villain, yeah. don't 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 carry over. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what? So do you? So it came out. We're roughly the same age. Uh, so it came out and you would have been like in college. Yeah, that sounds about right. Roughly. So at that point, I remember I went to see it with a buddy of mine because we were just obsessed with Pixar at the time. And so we saw every Pixar movie together. Uh, but were you not just watching Pixar movies at all around that time? I mean, I, I'm trying to Because you're a superhero guy. I am a superhero guy. Uh, I think it's just one of those movies that I always intended to see. And then after a while, I forgot about it. Yeah. And it just kind of slipped off my radar. And then every so often, someone would bring it up, and either I would admit I had not seen it, or pretend I hadn't, I hadn't seen it, you know? <laughs> Which is kind of the whole purpose of this podcast, I guess. But, like, yeah. it has been, like, generally something I've kind of been ashamed I've never seen. Yeah, well, because you and I were just 
trying to figure a movie to get together and watch for yes. this. And when you threw that out, I was not expecting The Incredibles. <laughs> I thought we were, we were going to go for like a, a, a hardcore classic. Yeah. So I was super excited. I think every movie you and I've watched together for this has been a, a hard, classic. Hard, 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 yeah. Yeah, this is the most contemporary movie we watched. You and I have watched for this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of the same feeling I got when I finally watched Star Wars. So I hadn't seen it for so long. And yeah. And I... I uh, as soon as I saw, like I, I saw it as soon as um, Force Awakens came out. Yeah. So that whole week, my friends and I, my friends like kidnapped me, and we just watched Star Wars movies for like two days. Two Was that your days. first time seeing it? It's my very first time seeing it. Oh, oh wow! And then like the 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 Thursday night, we went and saw The Force Awakens. I was like oh, high nice. on Star Wars. I was running around my house. I'm a you know <laughs> semi grown person and I'm running around my house with like a fake lightsaber. It was crazy. That's awesome. But, so um, how did you avoid, yeah. Star- not to like jump the conversation from this, yeah. but how did you avoid Star Wars so much that you then instantly became super into it? I knew that question was coming because every time I tell someone I've watched it for the first time, they're just like, so why now? Why start? Um, and honestly, I think it's just because enough people convinced me. Like there have been so many of my friends, cause I went to like um, like I, I, I've been to, you know, I went to film school and then, um, you know, I, I work in, in film and stuff. So like Star Wars is always a part of some kind of conversation. But you just never got around to it when you were a kid, I guess. Yeah. Like my dad had watched it when he was younger and he wasn't a fan. Um, that makes I, sense. I think my, my younger yeah, brother. Cause usually it's really like it a brother or a parent that says, yeah, like, you have saying, to watch my, my parents yeah. weren't really into it. And so I, wa- the first Star Wars movie I watched was Return of the Jedi at my neighbor's house. And I was so goddamn confused. Oh yeah. I had no idea that there was other movies. I have two older brothers that are almost like a decade old, older than me. So, you know, the moment I became old enough to watch them, they wanted things. Yeah. You, yeah. you saw them properly yeah. in the, yeah. the well, like I guess VHS. I had That's no, how I saw it too. Totally. Yeah. I knew no spoilers except for Darth Vader because, like, I'm your father. It's like, yeah. uh, you know what I mean? But I had no idea about, like, Leia and, uh, and Luke. Oh, great, I great. freaked out. Yeah. I freaked one, out. One of my greatest joys ever as a father was was watching my son experience this movie for the first time. And just his, he didn't know about the Vader thing. And so just his oh. jaw dropped. Oh. And it was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Apparently, there's the. Uh, like there's so many different ways to watch that franchise. Oh, they talk about the um, there's the rogue. Well, there's the machete version. The machete cut, yeah. But now there's the Rogue One version, where you go Rogue One, four, five, then you go back to one. It's like the super machete. Yeah. Cut. No, the mecha- machete cut cuts out one. Cuts but out the one Rogue the One other. version includes one because once you learn who Vader is and yeah. you go back. And Have you watched the prequels? Yeah, uh, yeah, I watched all of them. Oh. We did, uh, we did four. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> we did four, five, six, uh, one, two. Yeah, four, five, six, one, two, three. Oh, that's where nice. we did it. Yeah. All right. So yeah. before we, we we get off this train too close, let's uh, <laughs> let's let's just dive. Let's just watch the movie. Yeah, sounds good. All right, The Incredibles. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right, we just finished. I'll start with you. That was pretty great. Yeah. That's terrific. Yeah. It's like, even though, I mean, I guess Pixar has the reputation of, even though it's a kid's movie, it's enjoyed by people of all ages, but like that especially. Yeah. And this was before they had any, um, you know, bad movie. Not that they've read terrible movies, but yeah. I think it was, you know, Cars 2 was probably the first one that, I don't even know if it bombed. I think it did probably just fine. But in terms of bad critical reviews, yeah, you know, this sure. is this when they were still during their golden age of perfect runs. Yeah, 
was like where would this fall in their like lineage like there was like Toy Story and Toy Story 2 and like is this around then or is this this is after Toy Story 2 this came right before well because after this one he did Ratatouille in 2000 because this was in 2004 I think Ratatouille was in 2006 okay and then after that was um um Up came shortly after that Up was in around there yeah this would have been after Nemo or just before we were talking before this before this was after Nemo yeah yeah, that it was interesting. At this point in time, Pixar was just doing really interesting things. It was like, it was almost as if every movie they were doing was to kind of push their technology a little further. Yeah. So, so uh, Nemo was really about water effects and that kind of stuff. Not that they were they were telling stories just to to do that. You know, they clearly were were, were telling the stories they wanted to tell. But this is the first time that humans were the main characters. Yeah. And they were going to be on screen the and, whole time. And at its core, it's just. Even though it's about superheroes, it's about family. Which, the yeah. second one is similar themes as well. Yeah, yeah they just do the, the, the gender swap, where it's, yeah. now she is the one that's in, in the spotlight. and I mean, it's a modern woman in 2018. That's the sequel, right? Yeah, but the irony being that, timeline-wise, this takes, it takes place at the exact same time. Yeah, that's true. Right, so technically, this movie takes place in the future? Or does the other one take place in the past? It's pretty undated that you can't really tell. Yeah, you can't tell. It's interesting. Yeah. Uh, but having seen the the sequel first, I love how it actually just like completely bridged the two films cuz it takes place the be- the second one starts seconds after the but, first ends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the only I mean the big big thing that you wouldn't have gotten out of having seen the second one first is is that and reveal of Jack Jack having powers or getting his powers. Yes, right. I remember that was yeah. one of my huge delights, and my kids go went nuts the first time that the they saw the movie, when Jack Jack starts, he's you know flying away with the baby, and all of a sudden his powers kick in. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and we were so like um, almost just like wanting more by the end when we see him just kind of like well, start to evolve. There's more story to tell. Yeah, and have yeah. his powers. Um, I remember I was so like. I was so upset they weren't making a sequel. I bought the video game. Well, there was and, a video um, game. There was a video game that came out on the the PlayStation Two that continued right after this. That had the Underminer come in. You had to defeat the Underminer and had like a different villain, obviously, than the sequel. Um, but I was so excited to play it. And I was so bummed, and then eventually I just accepted it. And yeah, then that's I got the continuation of the like, story. Whatever, it's not gonna happen. And then it finally did, and I'm in this theater, just like I can't believe this is happening right now. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and it was one of those sequels too when it came out that it, it, I think it just everyone kind of felt like they wouldn't have done it if it wasn't going to be good. Oh, for sure. They wouldn't, they wouldn't have waited that long. But also, you gotta remember too, like in terms of timeline wise, this is early 2000s. You said it was 2004? 2004, the first one, yeah. Uh, so yeah. there's a 15 year gap, 14 year yeah, gap between them, right? It was in second year. So this is like just at the beginning of. Not even the beginning, this is before. This is before the Marvel Cinematic Universe is on the, is on the scene. So, wait, but this is around the time yeah. that there was probably... Um, had Batman Begins come out yet? No. Yeah, in and around that, that time. Was, Batman Begins was, like, more 2008, like, late 2000s. Was it? Yeah. No, it was no, around no, that time. Ba- ba- uh, the no, first one would have came out yeah, around this the time. Yeah, the second one was 2008, because I remember seeing... Um, the Dark Knight, that's right. Yeah, The Dark yes. Knight was 2008. Yes, that's uh, right. Because I saw right. that in Australia, and that's yes. when I was there, 2008. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is around the same time. So this yeah. is when we're starting to get the dawn 
of this modern age of superhero movies. Yes. Yeah. Right. So this is at the time. This is probably as much as when you when you really think about it. This is a small film. It's very contained, mm-hmm. except for the ending. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time, they were doing stuff with superheroes that you know the technology in live action wasn't capable of. Yeah, totally. You know, so we were seeing some really, really cool stuff in this movie that we hadn't seen from superhero movies now. And kind and now of, we expect from a story, it actually competes as well with with any other superhero film. Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously, its core is about family, but like the actual kind of it's it doesn't didn't feel like a kids movie in that respect. It, is what I mean. I was gonna say it's not written for children. It's very yeah. much written for. Um, I mean, it does have like you know themes that could be appealing to children, but it's very much an all-ages film. And not an all-ages film is that everybody could just watch it. An all-ages film is that everybody could watch it, but, like, adults could really get something out of yeah. it as well as kids. It, the whole superhero, you know, legacy falls apart because of a botched suicide. Yeah, that's, that's you know, dark. That's not necessarily, yeah. like, kid-friendly material, you know, per se. And that's one of my favorite lines I laugh so hard every time is the, you didn't, uh, what did you say? I saved your life. You didn't save my life. You ruined my death. It kills me every time. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Uh, it, I didn't think about that at the time, but that's 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 pretty dark stuff. Yeah, mm. yeah. Mr. Incredible gets sued for saving a man's life. that wanted to kill himself. Yeah. I I remember watching that again um, uh, recently because I rewatched this film for the first time in years, like two years ago. Yeah. And then I rewatched it again before I watched the sequel. And rewatching that scene specifically, especially when, uh, um, like, just those newspapers come flying out, and we see them in the court, and then we even see them in the courtroom, like, uh, with those people from the train accident, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of just like, you know, maybe some people uh, don't want to be saved and kind of grappling with that idea. And, and almost just, like, planting that seed in children to say, like, you know, some people... Um, aren't having the best lives, I guess, you know? So it's, it's really just like it, it, um, I think it vocalizes a really like great thematic, um, mm. story, I guess. And at the beginning of the film, when with, with the <clears throat> whole pre, you know, flashback prequel stuff, I was waiting to see if Disney would fall into its, um, it's, it's traditional death trap. Do you know what I mean by or that? Killing like, somebody. Always killing somebody like every Disney film. Has that, and I thought that's what they were going to do with the kid, and I'm like, oh, they're going to kill a kid. That's dark. And then I saw the guy jump. I'm like, oh, they're going to kill that guy. That's dark. No one died. So, yeah. In that, in that regard, which is actually kind of unusual for Disney, but it didn't sidestep some of those other. Comics. No, it's just lawsuits. Yeah. This is the po- and that's what I love about it. It was such a fresh, original idea at the time. Like they went places with this movie with superheroes that other movies had never gone before. But now, you know, now we're in the age of superhero fatigue, a lot of people would say, where it's just nonstop. Yeah. And these are, are, like, the only blockbusters being made these days, not the only, you know, there are the Jurassic movies and, and stuff like that, but it's like, you know, 70% of big budget movies these are days superhero films. are probably superhero movies, right? But, so Pixar, did Pixar do Big Hero 6? No. That, that, that was Disney, though. That was just Disney. Yeah. But also another superhero film. Actually, technically based on a Marvel comic. Yeah. I've never uh, seen Big Hero. Big Hero. Oh, oh it's, it's really good. It's really, really good. Yeah. That's all I'll say. <laughs> oh. So good. That could be the follow-up to this. Um, but um, but someone does die in that in the beginning. Yeah. Big Hero 6 took me a while to see. Um, but kids kids so, had a hard time with that one, too. Oh, my daughter 
at the end of the movie, you know the part. Mm -hmm. She bawled. Bawled at that movie. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also love watching movies with my daughter because she gets so emotionally invested in characters. And so when I know there's a character death, it's just like she's going to lose her mind. How did she react to The Lion King? Oh, oh, the oh, the, 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 the oh, she she hasn't seen Lion King yet. That'd be intense. We haven't gotten into that. But we we, we watched uh, Lion Witch in the Wardrobe, mm-hmm. and when oh. Aslan dies, you think Aslan dies? Oh man, she loved Aslan so hard. That was that was not a good moment. Poor for girl. Her. But then he came back, so it was okay. <laughs> it's weird. I was so invested in uh, really quick. I was so invested in those books, and I watched I think the first two movies, like uh, Prince Caspian and then uh, Lion Witch, Witch in the Wardrobe. Um, but they stopped making them. They, they did. Just, they did a Don Treader. That's right. They did. Okay, they did one more. But then after that, there there's nothing. Silver chairs in the works. Apparently. Not the still. Was the same. Cast. I don't. I can't imagine the same cast. Yeah. But I did read because I'm just starting to read those books with my son, mm-hmm. and we just finished Prince Caspian, and uh, and I was just curious because I thought the same thing. But I read somewhere that it's still in the works. It's it's getting ready to shoot, but I can't imagine the same cast. Yeah, they probably they probably like recast the kids or something. But I, yeah, um, interesting. Yeah, but since yeah, but so it's it's funny. Like I do find, and this is also you know Pixar's at the, at the time and probably still is Pixar's longest movie. I mean, um, I was thinking like, wow, this is a long film. For, it's a long film considering there's not a ton of story. Yeah, I mean, really, it's like he goes to the island, and family goes to save him. He comes. Well, he goes to the island. Comes back, gets in better shape, not in shape, in better shape. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, and then he goes back to get defeat the second robot, and then the family saves him, and then they come back to the mainland, and that's it. Yeah. It, it's pretty small given how long it is. And also, the one thing when I was thinking this time around, uh, he never questions why he's being brought to fire, fight a killer robot. Not even a little bit. Yeah. That's there's, a good there's a bit of Homer Simpson kind of like naivety, naivety there, you know what I mean? Like, he kind of like, uh, was just like a dumb job yeah. guy. Why is this brilliant, this, this very rich, wealthy person bring him in to make, to, to fight uh, a security robot? It, it's funny because after seeing the film so many times, you get to, uh, or I get to a point where I'm watching it now just to look for these little things you know what I mean to look for these little things that like you know okay he's going to this he's going to this island like these little insecurities so he's going to this island to fight these robots I I I came to the conclusion that Syndrome is just getting these superheroes to test out his new weaponry or something so like he get these like giant robots or these giant I don't know maybe in this case just robots but giant guns or something and he's looking for the ultimate weapon to kill the superheroes right but yeah. but it's more so that he doesn't the the Mr. Incredible doesn't question why he's brought there but I think he just wants to be wanted oh yeah and you buy that though I think you buy you buy that enough you see him listen to the police the canners and all that kind of stuff so any excuse to put on the it, and it's a safe environment for him to do superhero work you know, he's on a remote island. Who's in a, he's and like, he's going to get the money. To pay he's like, he's going to get the money. He just lost his job. Right, that's true, that's true. Mm-hmm. Wallace Shawn just fired him. Yeah, uh, Wallace Shawn. Did that you, voice is so recognizable. Yeah. Did you get the joke in the in the the second one where um, his wife uh, Helen suggests that he goes back to the insurance company? Yeah. No. Like it, it was very quick. He's just like, maybe we can go back to the insurance company. He's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't remember that. Oh, but I, put, I wouldn't really have already worked there in the first place. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Um, sorry, where were we? We were, uh, doesn't matter. Um, reason for going to the island. And I think it yeah. ends up today, by the way. Like, the movie, you, despite it being 15 oh, years old. But the animation yeah. is definitely, it's funny, it's not as, you can see the evolution. Yeah. Over the 14 years of sure, technology. Sure, yeah. It's not bad, though. No, it's not bad. No. Mostly, like, you can see it in, in their faces. Their faces aren't quite as... Uh, there's just less animation between moments. Yeah. You know, the faces feel a bit more stiffer. Yeah. Uh, but I think they maintained a very similar aesthetic for number two. In terms of, obviously, it's a bit more polished. Technology has evolved, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's continuity in the its design. The set pieces and stuff. Even, mm-hmm. like... Even just the way, like, the camera moves around them, I think, has remained consistent. And I think this is one of, like, the animated movies I really look towards to, um, to feeling some sort of different way. Like, even when he's going to grab the guy uh, jumping off the building and he's, like, you know, running towards him and we see, like, his POV just going through that building. We don't get a lot of that in mm-hmm. a lot of animated films, I find. Um, well, yeah. Brad Bird is, I mean... Yes, a, a real proper filmmaker. Yeah, you know, there's yeah. even there's even great little moments like there's that there's that moment when uh, Robert comes back from listening. Uh, you know, he he just broke the build broke the building. The building just collapsed. They were saved the people from the fire, and and Helen's waiting up for him, and she puts her arm on his shoulder, and as she's walking towards us, her hand is still there, mm-hmm. and so she's you know elongated herself. But she's coming back in a regular shape, but her hand stays on his shoulder. And it's just this, it's just a simple thing. Yeah. But normally you would just have, uh, you know, it would just be a, a rack focus as she's walking towards us or pushing in. But mm-hmm. just using the way they use the hand, the way they find, you know, simple ways to use their... Normalize use, their powers. Normalize their powers in domestic yeah. situations yeah. is really, really That's interesting. Clever. Just like that, even, like, they, they never ever tell you what the kids' powers are. You just learn them... Throughout. Through the environments, and mostly with the exception of Jack Jack, because you get that school scene of him before, you know, you learn about most of it through that that first family dinner where they're they're fighting. Mm-hmm. You know, and Jack Jack's just running around the table slapping his sister. Yeah. This is a totally normal brother sister thing, yeah, except yeah. that he can do it really fast. And then she uses the force to be able to knock him on his ass. Yeah, I remember first discovering. Um, when I watched that, I remember that the feeling of discovering what uh, Dash's powers were, um, because he's in the class, he's watching the video, and now I can pay attention. Even it sounds so so silly, but like when I first watched it, I really couldn't see him moving. I'd just like see this kid in a chair. I wouldn't really um, predict that it's because he was fast. And then uh, when his powers are first revealed, and we really see them in action in the kitchen table, yeah. and being just like so surprised, just watching this. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's super solid. I gotta say, the one thing that I didn't love about the sequel was this the second generation, the new generation of superheroes that were coming out. I know they 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 needed them to end up being like. These are the ones that come in um, out of out of hiding. No, it's more like the ones that the new ones, the new um, ones, which they kind of need because you get the sense that Syndrome killed off most of the ones that came yeah, before. Yeah. There aren't a ton left from the old days. Yeah. Uh, so the ones that are on like the ship with them. Yeah. Well, the ones that just essentially become the bad guys when they're brainwashed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah. Syndrome, like, what's Syndrome's plan here? Syndrome just basically wants to become... He wanted to be the hero at the end of the day. That's He didn't I, want anyone else to save the day. I enjoyed the villain more in the first one, to yeah. be honest. I think they the villain had a bigger 
purpose, I guess. Like in this in the sequel, the the villain felt a little bit more predictable. Um, again, sorry, spoilers for you know um, people who haven't seen it, but um, they just felt a little bit more predictable. And I think the whole like brother sister team up and everything. Um, you sort of see it coming that the the sister has her own agenda. Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, right. I, I, I'd say that I saw the villain coming in the second one. It, it was a bit so, like obviously if they set up the the villain in the first one, but I wasn't expecting it to be that person. Be the kid. Yeah. Until, oh, it's really great. Yeah, and then you're like, but the moment he showed up, I'm like, oh, it's that guy. But mm-hmm. I didn't expect that to be who it was. When in the sequel. You saw, you knew who it was the moment you first met that character. Yeah, you figured out. You know who the voice is, right? A syndrome. It's TJ. No, no, it's Jason Lee. Oh, really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. I thought it was TJ Miller. No. Jason Lee, like from Kevin Smith movies. Yeah. So like, chasing Amy. Yeah, he's Mars. great. Yeah. Okay. This is this would have been pre TJ Miller. Yeah, no, it's, it kind of has a similar TV. Oh, very similar. They yeah. have a very similar rasp. But, but now that you pointed that out, yeah, of course, Clerks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Who's not the- Clerks. He wasn't in Clerks. He wasn't in Clerks? No, he was in pretty much every movie we Smith after Clerks. He was Mall Rats. Yeah, he's got the beard, right? Yeah, yeah. And Chasing Amy yeah. has the beard, yeah. Who's the voice of... Kind of, of like, a, like a... Like a... Uh, oh, now it's on to my tongue. But yeah. Yeah. The voice of his boss. Do you know... Well, it's Sean. Who? Wallace Shawn. He was like he's in everything. Princess Bride. He was in Clueless. My Dinner with Andre. I can't. I can't put a face to the name. Oh, it's you can look it up later. He's yeah, he's a very famous. Character. Isn't he Canadian? Wallace Shawn. I don't think so. He's a New Yorker. Why do I think he was Canadian? He's not Canadian. I know we tried to cast him and stuff before. Oh, he's so good. Yeah. Speaking of voices, though, if you if you. Uh, really paid attention to their voices in the sequel. You can kind of hear that they've aged. Like a little bit, oh, you know. Like sure. in this one, I don't know. No, that was something that someone had pointed out to me after we had watched it. And I watched, I watched it twice, and then I paid attention to that in the in the sequel. And you can kind of tell that, like, um, that Helen and and uh, Helen's voice probably got deeper. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, voice. that's interesting. I mean, they recast the kids. Oh, they did. Like yeah, Dash, not not Violet. I mean, Violet's Violet probably Violet's like a Bart Simpson type actor, where it was someone older yeah, anyway. She's yeah, the woman the woman is older, but but Dash they yeah, Dash yeah they, they had to. to yeah because they actually a little kid. Yeah, uh, yeah what else? Um, what, 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 how are you, Kevin? What, like what what stuff did you really enjoy having come into this completely fresh? Um, how enjoyable it would be, uh, like you know someone in their mid-30s watching this now loving it like I guess I, I would have seen 15 years ago but, but uh, I'm trying to, I, I love that that the, the the costume designer I thought that she's such a fantastic character who is she? oh oh you don't know that? no that's Brad Bird is doing that the director Are you serious? is doing the voice of Edna Moe yeah what a fantastic and I guess wow. she obviously comes back in the second one too but she was probably my favorite part of the movie. By oh my a god! Long shot too. So the reason, I mean, I, as I'm sure you know, it's like when they when they make the movie, they often do temp voices just to fill in the animation. And so Brad Bird did the temp voice of Edna Mole, uh, with fully expecting to replace it with an actor. Wow! And they never. And then once it was in there, everyone really loved it. And they, I don't know who they re they did they did cast someone as Edna, and when they did it. Everyone was like, and I think it was someone big too. 
who was like a Bernadette Peters type, you know, yeah. name actor. And then when they put it in, everyone was like, oh, it's not Doesn't as good. Everyone really liked That's his, his initial read, so they just went back and, and, and used his. Yeah. That's so cool. It's She's by far, like I think, the best character in the film. Actually, I think I, I, I read somewhere she's based off of like an actual Hollywood fashion designer. Oh, I'm sure. Okay. Yeah, I, I read see that. I don't know enough about that, but like you can see that. It's kind of like the character screams at. Yeah. yeah. No, and it's fantastic. Yeah. And she gets a great bit in the sequel, too. Yeah. Yeah. With with Jack Jack and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jack Jack's phenomenal in the sequel. Jack Jack's great in this movie, but he really gets such the, a Such a scene stealer, and I love that they, um, yeah, like they really focused on his powers. It just like brought up the humor. There's like a great scene. Um, in the raccoon. With the dad. Yeah, in the raccoon. And like, even the dad like reading in the bedtime story, and he kind of just like slaps his face. <laughs> yeah, that part I was that, howling I was over. Laughing so Where he just like slaps him in the face to wake him up when he's falling asleep. Starts reading inappropriate things. My yeah. kid, my, my kids howl because they're like, that's you! You do that! You fall asleep while you're putting us to sleep. And I was like, yes, that's every goddamn parent. He, he, see the entire theater's laughing right now? We all do that. But now my daughter will actually do the thing that Jack-Jack does, so she'll actually just smack me, and then I'll wake up and she'll smile at me, because she, it's like the inside joke now. How old is your, your daughter? Uh, she's six. So, But I still, I can't tell you how many times I've been reading my kids to bed, and then my brain just shuts off, and I'm sure I said something inappropriate as my brain just fills in whatever I'm going into subconscious. I've read entire books to my kids and just like cruise controlled through them, not paying any attention. Because like on page seventy three, it's like because Marty partly asleep, but also it's just I've read this book now five times, and I know that, and I'm just reading the words and not paying attention to any of them, and probably even doing voices. You can just really... It's disturbing how well you can go into cruise control reading to a kid. Oh, wow. And then... I mean, when I read by myself, I often fall asleep. I can't imagine reading to a child and not falling asleep. Especially lying back. Mm-hmm. Usually you're lying down in a bed. It's just the worst. And it's that time of night where you can probably go to bed yourself. But you're going to stay up for a couple hours and do some other things. And, yeah. My... my uh, when we were younger, my dad... Um, because my dad uh, moved here from Italy. Um, long story short, my mom and my dad had like a long distance relationship thing, so he ended up moving here to be with her. But he lived in Italy, in Milano, for uh, about like the first 27, 28 years of his life. And so when he came to Canada, and then they, you know, they had us, uh, myself and my middle brother, except uh, two other, two younger brothers, um, myself and my middle brother, when he would read us stories, that was his way of learning English. So he would get like, very basic books to something like, um, I don't know, like like uh, the, um, the the Magic Treehouse. Okay. Do you remember? Yeah, uh, there's a series called the Magic Treehouse, and um, they were it was it was it was set in like Pennsylvania or something. It's about these two kids that go in a treehouse and like I don't know they uh, explore. So he would read us these books to like almost teach himself. And so even if like he would tell us like, um, for all he knows, he we could have like fallen asleep ten minutes after, but like he keeps reading because that's how he like kind of oh. taught himself. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, and he told us that, like I mean we knew that him reading stories was him starting to learn English, but like um, he would like he told me that after we had watched uh, the sequel. Um, but also, uh, even in the sequel, there's a scene when uh, Bob is trying to teach Dash math, and then Dash like yeah. him, he's like, hey, like you know, like. 
this is not how the teacher said to do it. Like, I had an argument with my dad. Yeah, that's kind of hilarious, though. I feel like you do see, I remember, uh, Glenda's like nephew once was was had math or something and I was looking at it and like I don't know how to do this anymore like I can't remember yeah well you realize it is different yeah, yeah it is different yeah my wife does teach new math so she was just like because new, new, it's better we, we they figured it out <laughs> that's why it's different so there's no long division anymore I don't know I have a calculator <laughs> I have no I I I failed grade ten math the first time around. Yeah, I don't feel so bad now. <laughs> well, mo- almost yeah. the entire class failed it, and then I got my my grade ten credit. Spent like two weeks in grade eleven math, and just kept on being belligerent in class. And then eventually the teacher's like, "Why are you even here?" And I said, "Well, I have to be here. I need three math credits to graduate high school." And he says, "No, you just need two. And I picked up my bag. I got back my bag. I got the fuck out of there. <laughs> And then, and then had a spare. And I was like, I don't need three math credits? What? You're, you're right. Why the fuck am I here? I am not going to go into a career where I would require math. I quit I math you. and science the moment I possibly could in high school. Yeah. I think in my last year of I high school, I took conversation right now. <laughs> three, I love this so much. Three Englishes, <laughs> two geographies, and film. That was my last year of, university, of high school. Amen. Yeah. Um, I, went to, I went to an arts high school. And it was cool because, uh, you know, by ele- grade 11, grade 12, we could take, like, the media courses. And I, it, was, it was an arts high school, so we, we, um, I went to Cardinal Carter in, in Toronto. Um, so we specialized in an art area, and I was in drama. And, but then, like, as we moved forward in our grades, we could take, like, media classes and, like, um, travel and tourism, I think, was one of them. And then, uh, like, leadership. Um, but, yeah, fuck math. I dropped that too. Fuck math. Yeah. <laughs> Math's important, just not someone like me. My my son, you know, potentially wants to go into video game design, so math's gonna be very important for him. Oh yeah, he's also very good at it. Oh, so in grade nine math, I had a uh, it was I had this teacher named Miss Schlegel, and she was like an older uh, like Russian lady. And so oftentimes, like, I couldn't really understand, like, not many people could really understand her explaining us math. And I sat beside uh, this girl named Christina. I don't think she'd be listening to this. Um, Christina. And <laughs> she had asked me, I think it was, like, third week. Um, and she's like, hey, like, do you know any of this? I'm like, totally. Let's meet after and I can tutor you. And um, that never happened. And I'm glad it didn't because I had you no really idea what I was doing. Yourself. Yeah. No, I yeah. I can't remember our math. Teacher, the, the guy that failed our entire class, he used to throw stuff at us if we got stuff wrong. Yeah, that wouldn't happen today. Oh either. no! Like what? Yeah. Like chalk brush? He threw like a chalk brush at us, and uh, oh, like in a in a fun loving way, it was almost like hilarious to us. We get this guy riled up, and he throw stuff at us, and we thought it was funny. That's amazing. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. That would never happen. That would never happen today. That's crazy. Well, it depends. Doug Ford is now. Oh, who knows? Yeah, who knows? bring that oh, back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what else? I mean, yeah, I, I, it's it's funny. I do find I do find you know having seen this film a number of times now, I do find that it it's slower than it could be. I find for, but that's just also. But I feel like but you've seen it before. Like when you yeah. when you rewatch a movie, I think it always will be slower because you know what's about to happen. But when you don't know what's about to happen, I don't think you're as aware of. It just goes back to the pace, yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, yeah, I, I think in, in particular when I noticed that it it was really good at, I guess, pushing the story forward was when they cut from him getting the news that they're looking for uh, 
that they're looking for him to work on the island and stuff, and they kind of just cut from there to him on the plane already. It's not like they're cutting from, you know, maybe him leaving the house and it's like, okay, bye, honey, going to work. She's like, okay, have a good day. And he's, you can see on his face, he's kind of nervous, maybe like going to the airport. Like they cut all of that. He's just like already on the plane, going on the island. Boom, that's it. He's fighting a robot now. So well, once he says he's in, right? That's yeah. what you need. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's where I really got that feeling. But um, yeah, in terms of pace, I think I can agree with that. I think once you've seen a film already, I guess you know what's coming. So it's almost as if, yeah, I guess maybe you just know how to expect. But it depends on how many times you see it too. But yeah. that's it. There are some films. It's like the second time you they get deeper and you start noticing more and more things. Mm-hmm. I find some of these you know movies like this. I find that as great as it is, there aren't all these extra layers to explore. And so on yeah, repeat, you're viewing, not watching Memento. Yeah, on repeat viewings, it's no, not no. it's not necessarily diminishing returns, but it's like you uh, you're kind of just getting through those moments. And so I find myself kind of having to pinch myself a little bit to stay with it. Yeah, that makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, mm-hmm. Although I just rewatched The League of Their Own the other night, and it's oh, that's a great movie. I haven't oh, watched yeah. it in years. I haven't watched it forever. I was with it the whole which time. Movie, which a movie? League of Their Own. I've never seen that. Oh, it's fantastic. It's so good. I've never seen Memento either. Oh, Memento's amazing. It's something I, I should do. Yeah, I haven't seen Memento. Memento is like one of those movies that I think yeah. will forever be top five for me. So Well, I look forward to in 15 years from now when we have Incredibles 3. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, they, they've asked him about it. And he, I, liked his, uh, I liked his follow-up question, which was like, you know, I just had a baby. Let it rest. Let it grow a little bit. And then we can talk about having the next kid. Like, don't talk to me about having another kid when I've when I just had a kid. Except Disney right? will. But that's that's Disney. the that's the world we live in, though. Yeah. yeah no, yeah. I know. I but I like I, there. You know, it took them twenty years to make Jurassic World, and then two years later, it's Jurassic World two. Yeah. Well, that's just it. Once the once the ball starts rolling, exactly, and, and it did really well financially. So mm-hmm. yeah, they'll be like too. Brad. Yeah. We gave you fourteen years between these the first two. <laughs> This time it's going to be faster. Mm-hmm. Do you think they'd make another one though? Oh yeah, yeah so easily. Are you kidding me? I yeah, think they'd be fine without. Even because even if the actors don't want to do it, they'll they'll recast them. Oh, that's tougher. I mean, the beauty of this is that they can take another. Even though, yeah, I'm sure you can notice their their voice is aging. Mm-hmm. You you know you can make a movie that takes place five five minutes later or five seconds later. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about the actors aging. Because you could you could age up the kids and 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 actually have the parents move on. See that's and and speaking about that actually uh, bringing back to, uh, to a point I forgot to mention is is the time period that they stayed consistent with was interesting because I thought like you know they can't all of a sudden have cell phones now you know even like but I think it's a world without cell phones I think it's an alternate kind of right but I mean it, it, like. The way that things in uh, mainstream, uh, um, the way that things in life today are are run can't be in The Incredibles too. Sure. Yeah. I just I, I just accepted the fact that it's an alternate world where superheroes exist, so therefore the rules are different. Certain yeah. things are not there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it'll just be a matter of, I think what was interesting was that time between, and so they were almost able to kind of comment on, on superhero movies in a different way. Now, um, mm-hmm. and so so that having that gap between allows the movie to be about something different, and so mm-hmm. who knows? I think Brad Bird will just need to figure out something he wants to say with it. But I think I would venture a guess if they were to do a third one, time would pass, even if the parents are still 
doing their thing, I think you age up the kids. Yeah. Yeah, especially since the first two take place back to back. Yeah, you, you kind of some... you want to make it a little bit fresh. Well, just, especially now because the second one basically ends uh, with the the band because the band is still there at the end of the first one. Like that's what the yeah. second movie is about. Is about the superheroes trying to get legitimized again. Which they are at the end. But yeah, so now so you almost want to have a little bit of time pass for things to normalize again mm-hmm. before Crisis comes in. Because mm-hmm. if Crisis comes in right away, it's, it's almost unfair to these characters. Yeah. You know, you need some time for it to, to sit. And then and that'll give Brad Bird something to come up with say. It's something that they just announced this week that they're doing uh, a new Jay and Silent Bob movie. And a new Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Well, they're, re- no, they're, well, they're rebooting Buffy... With a with a black actress, I think playing Buffy. Yeah, it's a but diverse the, cast. But, but the Jay and Silent Bob movie is actually called Jay and Silent Bob Get Rebooted, and it's about a reboot of the Blunt Man and Chronic. Oh really? And so it's about them going back to stop the reboot from happening. That's funny. The way that they went tried to make the movie stop it the first time, and it's about it's it's Kevin Smith commenting on reboot culture. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is an interesting, very cool, interesting avenue. I'm into it. Yeah, I'll check very it out. Cool. Any final thoughts? No. Um, Incredibles it, remains one of my favorite movies. Yeah, I think it holds up. Honestly, it's just, it's so good. What makes it one of your favorite movies? It's one of my favorite movies because it blends, um, it, I, I feel like it blends high stakes with compelling characters um, in like a narrative, in a in a narrative fashion that I don't see done in most movies in in which case that an animated animated movies are normally dumbed down I mm. feel like for audiences and Brad Bird has come out and spoken and said like you know this isn't a kids movie specifically The Incredibles is not a kids movie The Incredibles is an all ages movie it's not a kids movie and, and I love that because um, the conversations that these characters have feel very real and very organic yeah um, yeah. yeah, I find generally across the board Pixar is like that way in general. Like the yep. movies are, are are for everyone. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. Um, but but I think Incredibles for I think sure it just has more of like a mature feel for some reason. I don't know how to explain it. It's just if it, it, it feels it feels more mature. Yeah. Um, and for me, I guess I'm no stranger to you know the superhero genre. I watch a lot of the stuff that comes out. And some of it's bad, and some of it's really great, and I'm not shy to to point out its flaws when I see them. But this this movie really kind of stands out as you know one of the strongest entries I think of the genre, which is kind of really cool to see this late in the game. But yeah, well, it's I, so fun for you. Yeah. It must be really interesting for you to come back to it. Totally, so I, I really. Do you feel like it you'd want to watch the sequel again now? Yeah, not immediately, but yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, when it comes out, it'll yeah. be on Netflix at some yeah, point. Yeah, at yeah. some point. Great. Thanks for coming, guys. Thanks for having me. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Thanks for joining us for The Incredibles. If you like the show, please subscribe to the podcast and spread the word about it. You can find me on Twitter at Lon Jeremy and go to Facebook for Black Hole Films. Leave a review there or an Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you listen to this thing. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.